Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Nintendo! Nintendo! 
Welcome back to IGN Live at E3. I'm Brian Altano, and we're about to kick off a special E3 edition of Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, joining me today is Paris Schneider, hey. Fran Mirabella, and Bill Trinan from Treehouse. Hello. Uh, thank you so much for coming, Bill. Thank you for having these, me. These, these few people I see often, so it's, it's not as special. Yes. But uh, we usually get you around E3, which mm -hmm. is a good time to talk to you, because usually you guys have magical new announcements to share with the world, which you did this year uh, in the form of an entire booth dedicated to Super Mario Odyssey. We got a bunch of new Metroid Prime stuff. Uh, I want to specifically talk about Odyssey for a bit today because okay. it is the first sort of what's what's the language on this? The first open sandbox. Well, it's, it, it's going back to sort of the sandbox style of gameplay that we introduced um, in the Mario series with Super Mario 64, um, and kind of carried on with Super Mario Sunshine. We look at the the Galaxy games. They obviously they're sort of 3D roaming, free roaming. It's uh, games like that, but they're more linearly structured. So you, you know, each level you start at the beginning and you've got an end that you're getting to. Whereas in, you know, you guys know Super Mario 64 sure. and Sunshine, yeah. it's a bit more open, a bit more exploratory. Yeah, there's a goal at the end that you're getting to, but it's really about kind of running around and, and doing your thing. Sure. I still thought, you know, in, in Mario 64, you kind of have a quest. You know, yeah. you can see the name of the quest. By the way, I scream so much over the two Metroids. That's why the voice is gone. <laughs> um, but you have your quest and you go in to Super Mario 64, you find the star and you're out. And you're this out. game yes. doesn't do that, it right? It doesn't do that. And so, with, yeah, and, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit and um, we had sort of a, a, a meeting with the, the developers. I think, Perry, you were there. Um, when we talk about sandbox, obviously in English it's a term that's kind of applied to a lot of different styles of games. Um, and although we apply it to Mario, it really sort of originates from this term in Japanese called hakoniwa, which is a box garden or a garden in a box. <laughs> and the, the concept there is that it's this sort of you know, miniature landscape uh, that you're recreating in a more compact space. And mm -hmm. so they're, in the style of gardening that they do, they densely pack in all these different elements to replicate that landscape into this small space. Obviously, with Super Mario Odyssey, the spaces are not nearly as small as they were right. in Super Mario 64, but this, it's sort of this concept of layering all these elements in so that as you're running through and exploring, it's just packed with stuff. And so what they did was they decided, we don't want to you know, have you go in, find the one you know, power moon that you're trying to get, and then pull you back out. Instead, each level is packed with, with I'm not going to say how many, but lots and lots of power moons sure. to find. How many? I, I couldn't hear one. Yeah, it looked at, it. He it said was, millions. It was millions. Millions and millions of moons. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have 50,000. Exactly. Power moons. Now, uh, one, of my, wow. one of my favorite Mario games ever made was Super Mario 3D World, um, which mm -hmm. came out for the Wii U. Uh, we're obviously all big fans of the Galaxy series and, and 3D World. The 3D World had uh, much more sort of finite, enclosed levels, uh, focused yeah. on multiplayer. Uh, I adored this game. I found everything in it, which was very difficult, which I, I really do appreciate, that the way Nintendo games scale, specifically Mario stuff, you can go and get a couple coins, a couple stars, but to get everything, to yeah. beat Champions Run and all that kind of stuff, like, it's pretty hardcore. So, what did, what did what did Nintendo, what did you guys learn from working on this that you brought over to Super Mario Odyssey? Well, I think what, the approach that they took with Super Mario 3D World and, and 3D Land on the 3DS before that was, you know, obviously, if you look at the, the overall evolution of the Mario series, you've got the side-scrolling Mario games that nowadays are represented by the sort 
sort of the new Super Mario Brothers series. Um, and they wanted to find something that sort of took the simplicity of the course structure, right? In those games, you're just running left to right. Um, they wanted to have sort of that simplicity of course structure, but within a limited sort of 3D space. And so for this, the 3D land and 3D world games, it feels a bit more like you're running through corridors to a certain yes. extent, right? Yeah. Um, and so that this is sort of a step away from that, and it really is back to just the big open space of Super Mario 64 and Super Mario Sunshine. Um, and but. I think where you'll see a little bit of similarity is that although these were start to finish more linear in the 3D world games, um, you know, you had the ability to kind of run around and find all the stuff that was packed in there. What's nice is that in, in Super Mario Odyssey, you don't have a time limit for the levels, so you're able to do that sort of at your own pace, and of course then you've got the capture mechanic, which means there's tons of stuff to, to throw Cappy, which is Mario's, Mario's hat at, um, and you're able to take control of those, as we saw in the video with the, the T-Rex. I think the time limit thing that you just pointed out is uh, something that I had not really considered. We, uh, For transparency, we made an appointment with Nintendo to see the game and uh, 12 of us showed up. So we're a little excited. And then we can pass the Switch around and we had it hooked up to the TV and we all took turns playing and every single person in the room went in a different direction. Mm -hmm. uh, specifically in New Donk City, uh, as a former New Yorker, I have a lot of questions for you about, about <laughs> all of that. Uh, but I think that's something that really stuck out to me was that people are playing differently. People are going for harder to reach coins. Some people are trying to immediately jump on a scooter, like there's vehicles. Mm -hmm. So how, how does sort of all of that come together? Because it seems like you could just play for hours. Is there a worry of, of sort of losing players or is that part of the fun? No, I mean, even when you, when you first jump into the level, you do get, you know, and you, you saw it in the Super Mario 64 and Sunshine and whatnot, but you'll get sort of the pan through the level that gives you an indication of what that kind of end goal is. And, yeah, it's easy to kind of stray off that path and, and you know, find yourself doing other things. Um, but what's nice is... You know, you can you can go and collect a bunch of power moons, and then you, you know you're still got that goal at the end to get to. Um, you can kind of just miss messing around, right? Like I I explored an area, you know, talked to a guy, he gave me a little quest, and I was mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not going to do that now. And then I saw a manhole cover on the ground, and I threw my hat at it, and I didn't <laughs> expect anything to happen, but I became the manhole cover. Don't and be then the I man. was able be to the manhole. <laughs> I was I was the manhole. I was able to shift aside, open the manhole, mm -hmm. and jump the man into the hole yes. and there was a, an entire <laughs> secret level down there yeah yeah it's I nuts. mean it's 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 like I say it's filled with just fun little things and they're you know and they're it's kind of funny because when you first get to New Donk City and you've got all these people walking around and you're hitting them all with your hat and you're like what you know what's going on uh, this is actually a very good example of what you're seeing right there the people that don't wear hats are the people that you can capture with uh, with the cat with Cappy right um, and so in this case this guy wasn't wearing a hat and, and Mario threw the hat and became this man, and but, now he's uh, he's trying to drive a uh, so is, remote control taxi. <laughs> so is is Mario a man? Now that yes. I have you here, like, I, well, I mean, yes. sure, he's Mario. Yeah. Well, because he looks very different than the men that live in New Donk City. Like, there's a well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they this from is the same so world. many questions. No, no, he's, this is outside the Mushroom Kingdom. So he's, uh, yeah, um, you know, story-wise, there's the uh, the evil uh, wedding planners that are working with Bowser to uh, to plan out Bowser's All proposed wedding, wedding to <laughs> to Princess Peach, and uh, and so you know Mario has left the Mushroom Kingdom chasing after Bowser and Peach uh, to try to uh, to save Peach. Oh, God. It, 
I should full disclosure, I haven't had a chance to play it like these guys. Uh, I've been here actually working on the show, which is why oh. I've been a little quiet. But I, how would you describe it as different? And you know, the more I see and hear about it, was it sort of in? Does it take any inspirations from what the Zelda team was doing? It seems like. It's almost like there's a little bit of a new direction there, but maybe I'm misreading it, meaning there's a little more openness, right? Like, go off the path. Um, yeah. I mean, it, that, certainly I think it's 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 not going to feel like what you've expected from a traditional Mario game before, yeah. and partially that's because, the, the you know, Koizumi-san and Motokura-san, their, their real goal has been to really fill the game with as much surprise as possible. Um, and so what they said was they really wanted, you know, they've taken this theme of the odyssey or the journey, Mario is visiting these places he's never seen before. Um, obviously, you know, a place like New Donk City may look familiar to us. You can take the, the boy out of New York, but you can't take New York out of the boy. <laughs> take uh, the donk out of the boy. That's right. <laughs> but, uh, but when you're there as Mario, you don't really know what you can and can't do. And so right. it sort of encourages you to experiment and try these different things, whether it's with the hat or whether, you know, climbing up or, uh, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, okay, I'm at the bottom. How do I get up to the top of a skyscraper when I'm Mario, you know? And I think one of the things that really keeps that flow open is that when you do get to the top of the skyscraper and you collect a moon, as we just saw, which isn't a star or a shine, right. it doesn't just say, you got a moon, and then back you out of the level. No. You get to keep going. You get to keep going, yeah. yeah. And then I thought it was interesting, like you, you mentioned Odyssey, obviously, is the theme here, and we're seeing levels that we've never seen in a Mario game before, but New Donk City obviously is really tied in with Donkey Kong. You've got Pauline the you know as a mayor in there mm-hmm. and all that. Are there That's more right. elements like that in the game where it harkens back to other Nintendo titles? Which again, it makes no sense. Pauline is the mayor of New Donk City and Donkey Kong used to kidnap her. I don't understand his political infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> but is there a tie-in? Is, is, or, or are we saying like kind of Donkey Kong, Mario, the, the worlds are so intertwined that it makes sense there? Or is there more coming? Well, like that, that. Uh, that I think you'll just have to, uh, you'll have to play the game and find out. I, I had a feeling you would say that, yeah. weirdly. I mean, but you know, <laughs> certainly within within Super Mario Odyssey, there are callbacks to to past games. Um, you can see things in there. You know, there's there's I don't know if you've seen and the, the, the rockets that yep. shoot up, um, which may look familiar from uh, from long ago. Um, there's obviously the 8-bit levels, which are a lot of fun. There's pipes that you can warp into, and it puts you flat into an 8-bit wall, and then you're playing 8-bit style. And the great thing there is one of the uh, as Mario goes on his journey, um, and you'll notice it in some of these these videos that you see here. But um, you'll find obviously your typical coins, uh, which you can use to spend on things, but you'll You'll also find these strange-shaped coins. So you might see like purple triangle coins, and those become the currency of the kingdom that you're in. And you can use the coins and the currency to purchase outfits. And so you can get Mario in sort of like a zoot suit. And then when you're Mario in a zoot suit and you're running around and you go into the 8-bit pipe, it's Mario in a zoot suit in 8-bit style popping up and you're you're running around. Which is really cool. It reminded me of sort of the, the amount of different outfits that we had in Mario yep. Maker. And speaking of which, I actually did see that outfit available in one of the stores in the game. You can go in, trade in your coins, get the full-on yellow and red with the hard hat Mario Maker look, mm-hmm. and then jump into the game and keep going. And I think that level of customization is really cool, and we haven't really seen it in a 3D Mario game, per yeah. se. I mean, we've seen power-ups, so the cat power-ups, obviously, but uh, this is this is very different. And yeah, here's we're taking a look at some of the 2D stuff in this game, which I was immediately yeah. in love yep. with. And here you see, again, this is Mario in uh, in his sort of explorer's outfit, as if he's gone on safari. Is that yeah. unique to this level, or is this an element throughout the game, the kind of the 8-bit kind of 2D switch? Uh, you'll, you'll see it in a few different places. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. So 
I, I noticed that uh, although this does take a lot of cues from Mario 64 and Sunshine, we haven't necessarily seen a hub world per se. Is everything connected sort of by that ship that he flies? It kind of yeah. looks like a huge top hat. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't just kind of. Oh, it's it, definitely it really definitely looks like a huge top hat. Um, and if you if you're on the show floor, you can you can go get a, a little selfie with the yep. top hat ship and Mario in the booth. Um, but yeah, so the essentially the power moons power the top hat ship, and then you collect more power moons, and that enables you to travel to new kingdoms. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And there is a different currency oh, in each area, too, right? Yeah. And here we're looking at one of the other new sort of power-ups <laughs> in this game, which is like a Moai statue yeah. but, um, like with that. cool sunglasses. Yes. And when he puts it on, he's able to see areas in the map that don't exist. Oh, wow. That's but he awesome. can't jump. Uh, and when we played yeah. earlier, we noticed a section where you had to sort of scan, look at, look at the environment, find a platform that you couldn't get to, realize that you couldn't jump on it, and then kind of blind walk across it as Mario. Yeah. Which I think like, scales to that level of challenge that we want from, from these kind of games, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, they've definitely, it's, there's there's a lot to discover, and if you want to discover everything, certainly, you know, it, there's there's the, I'm going to go sort of the, the most straightforward and simplest path through the game, uh, but if you want to get everything, there's going to be a lot of challenge to it. All right. Uh, well, we've got to take a quick break. This special E3 edition of Nintendo Voice Chat will be right back after this. a special edition of Nintendo Voice Chat. So special that Bill Trennan from Treehouse is joining us today. Bill, thanks for making it to NBC. Uh, We're going to take a look at some more Odyssey footage in just a second. To contextualize it, this is from your Treehouse stream, uh, because immediately after your Nintendo showcase, you just... Played games all day, and it was wonderful to see. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's take a look at some more stuff. I believe we're back in New Donk. Yeah, so what we're seeing here is uh, the cap throw there. Um, you can play the game with the Pro Controller, of course, but if you really want to get the most out of it, you're going to want to take the Joy-Con, play with one Joy-Con in each hand, um, and what it does is, obviously, you've got simple cap throw motion. Um, you can swing both hands together, and he'll do this right here, this spin attack that goes around. Um, you can also, you swing both straight down, and he'll throw the cap straight down. If it hits anything, then it shoots straight forward, um, and you can throw it straight up, so it gives you a lot of kind of advanced maneuvers with the cap when you're doing that. And, and now, possession is sort of a, a major hook in this game now, right? Right? Yeah. And, and also using your hat as, as kind of an additional platform. It's very odd that Mario's been wearing this hat for what, <laughs> decades now, and for the first time we're seeing completely new uses for it. Well, it is a, this is not his normal cap. It's uh, This is Cappy. Uh, so Cappy is, uh, there's a little bit of uh, backstory to what happens as Bowser is uh, is heading off with Princess Peach, uh, but uh, there's, uh, he Mario encounters Cappy, and, and Cappy kind of becomes Mario's cap, and that's where he gets the uh, possession power. Is is he from the same talking Nintendo hat universe as uh, the Minish Cap? Minish Cap. You know, this is, you know what, maybe we're seeing a crossover. (laughs) I'm only going to hit you with the weird questions. Don't do that. (laughs) What's your, you know, there are obviously a lot of things you can do in this game. Lots lots of um, things to take over and capture. What's your favorite capture that you've encountered? Uh, Well, I mean, it's funny because the way that they're doing it is, you know, obviously in a typical Mario game, you have sort of the transformations. You get the Fire Flower, you become Fire Mario, you get, you know, you become Penguin Mario in, in the New Super Mario Brothers games and things like that. Um, and this game, really, the transformations are handled by 
Cappy, um, and you possess things. But in a lot of cases, it's you know it's different from a past Mario game where they have a you know just a few of these transformations that they carry all throughout the game. In this case, you know there's you'll you'll encounter as you saw in the video there's a, a frog that you encounter in one of the early levels, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, I'm going to become a frog. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I know and you're just like with the bullet bill, which is really yeah, cool, of course right? the bullet bill. I mean the bullet bill has probably got to be one of my favorites, um, just because I mean number one, great name. Yeah, uh, but number two, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> haven't you always wanted to be a bullet bill? I mean, I've, I've always wanted to be on the like the bill side. You know the, the that end of it. Um, it's pretty cool to see all of this stuff come together and notice that some of it almost feels optional. In that I, I saw I played a section earlier today where you could play as a bullet bill and it would get you to another section of the level, or you could just kind of like sheer platform your way up there. Mm-hmm. Um, now on top of that, we saw for just a few seconds there, you know, we're seeing some really cool platforming stuff here that reminds me of kind of the sections in Super Mario Galaxy when it would get trickier, the camera would go sideways, and it felt like you're playing sort of an old school 2D Mario game. But one of the moves we saw, maybe we'll get to see it again, is Mario has a roll now. It's like a yeah. it's like a barrel roll or mm-hmm. like almost like a Sonic the Hedgehog type thing. It's like and yeah. you, can, you can chain it endlessly. So yeah, you start with uh, you start with the crouch, and then you and then you go into the roll. Um, and it has, I mean, if if you're trying to roll uphill, um, it's you're going to run out of momentum. Right. But, you know, when you're on the sand dunes and you're rolling downhill, I mean, it's it's super fun. <laughs> if you are running out of momentum, you can hit the button again and get a little bit of a boost for your for your roll again. But yeah, he just kind of rolls around through the level. And it reminds me of the way we saw Link in Breath of the Wild this year. You know, just add a few moves, and they weren't too over the top. I mean, surfing was. But for the most part, this felt it felt natural. Now, I've been a 3D Mario fan for my entire life. The Mario move set in Mario 64 obviously originated in Donkey Kong 94. It's the first time we got to see stuff like the backflip, the triple mm-hmm. jump. All of those things are back, I assume. Yep, backflip, yep. Uh, the long jump, the triple jump. I did the, yeah, I yeah. tried them all. It's pretty cool. Because yeah, wall jump too. Yeah, yeah. wall jump, which yeah. I love. It's like you do the you know backflip into a full run, into a bun stop, jump in the air, triple jump into the wall, land on the roof and roll, 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 flip, triple jump, keep going. I think this is the kind of thing that, like, yes, you can just run around, you can collect stuff, you can beat the game, it's pretty simple. But I think the speedrunning community is going to go nuts with this game. Well, yeah, and because that's, you know, the other thing is that with with you not getting pulled out every time you grab a moon, mm-hmm. completely changes the dynamic for speedrunners in terms of how they want to go through a level, what they want to collect, what they don't want to collect, and it even gives you the ability to have different objectives within a set level is you know if you're tr- are you trying to speed run the level just to get to the end or are you trying to speed run it to get every single power moon in the level or you know or whatnot so so I'm still trying to piece together some of this, and apologies if everybody mm-hmm. else gets it. So how much takes place in the city versus outside the city? From, so the, put in the city is part of Metro Kingdom. Uh, we're also showing uh, the Sand Kingdom uh, yep, in the E3, that. this playable build. We showed, uh, I think, a Forest Kingdom on a Nintendo Treehouse Live this week. Um, so that's just right, a each little bit of a sample. And certainly, you know, different, you know, not every kingdom is obviously exactly the same size, but um, they're varying scope. But yeah. there will be a good selection of kingdoms for you to play. We've played a lot of Mario games, so is this the biggest Mario game yet? It looks huge. 
It, yeah, I mean, it certainly, at least based on everything I've seen, it looks a lot bigger than, than what we've seen before. Also, you can obviously fall off these uh, skyscrapers, yeah. but you don't take damage, right? Yeah. So you're, you're being very polite and kind to the player here. It's, it's a huge like. change. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you kind of, I mean, when you're, you're in a city this big, you kind of want to encourage people to take risks. Right. And, right? There yeah. are areas where if you fall off, then you'll lose a life. Um, but that also is something that's different now is that, you know, sort of the, the lose a life, you just pay coins and you're right back in the level. Um, so there's, it's not, it's no longer one-up mushrooms and things like that. It's, it's actually, you're just paying coins and then you're right and back. And so what happens when you run out of coins? How, that's a good question. How uh, does the mechanic of paying coins work? Is it just at that screen of like, yeah, oh, it just, it just pops the coins out of your, your collection gotcha. and yeah. Mm. But of course you're collecting coins cause you want to, you know, use the coins to buy outfits and things like that. So uh, you obviously don't want to spend your whole time losing gotcha. lives, it's even the, though I know that's how you normally play. Yes, definitely. <laughs> now, Wait, uh, it's the coins from that world. Though. Yeah. No, no, it's the, so the, the typical Mario gold coins okay, are the those ones, ones that those are the ones that are, yeah, your life currency now, so to speak. That's like a universal currency. Yeah. In, in, in this world. Yeah. Um, now, we obviously saw, you know, tons of uh, multiplayer stuff in 3D World and some subtle multiplayer stuff in Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's any plan to sort of even bring anything like that, uh, sort of kind of like a sidekick mode. So, that's a very good question. It is. It is. <laughs> um, we would like a very good answer. You did yeah, this thing with your hands. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like we forget I asked you. <laughs> so, you know, what's, you know what's funny is, um, you know, obviously Nintendo Switch really big feature of the system is the Joy-Con. You can pop two Joy-Con off. Uh, you can hand one over. You can share the Joy, so to speak. Yes. Um, so we do have plans for a little something that will take take advantage of that. Awesome. Uh, but uh, I actually don't know to what extent we've talked about it. I think it was set to be talked about today on Treehouse Live, but I'm not sure. Now I can't remember. So. Cool. Um, I tune in and see what we uh, what we have to talk about. No, that's good to know because I think like one of the core tenets of the Nintendo Switch and I think in like your philosophy in first party software this year especially has been that sort of pop the Joy-Cons off and have local multiplayer. It's yeah. something that I've 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 enjoyed just on like on flights with like friends and you know my my wife and just sort of being yeah. like, "Hey, uh, we're going to play Mario Kart together." So watching this and coming off a of 3D world, I kept saying to myself, like, there's got to be some way to have some kind of multiplayer component. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would think maybe more akin to what we did with uh, the Galaxy. Game. Yeah, sure. So yeah. helping. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, my, you know, we had, I had a six-hour flight with my my wife and kids, and normally the kids would just, you know, they're kids, they bicker all it's the time, close, yeah. and yep. we just pop the switch up on the on the little tray the tray table two of them sat down and they just played snipper clips for six hours and it was amazing that's the best <laughs> that's really why that you was, guys made the switch actually the problem <laughs> yeah then we had the, the reverse problem which was stop touch yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's, <laughs> very, it's a very vocal game You're stop like, having so much fun kids cut me open down. and climb on top of me you say a lot of strange things playing that game yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm completely in love with Super Mario Odyssey I think it's like the it's pretty much the return that people wanted not to say that it deviated in the wrong direction. Every Mario game has been something very, very wonderful, but people have really looked for that kind of return to a much more open style of play. This actually is the area right here that we're looking at where I first noticed that you can possess a bullet bill and move around and get some cool stuff, yep. or you can go up this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, this the platforming does not seem, like this doesn't really seem like it's going to be a very easy game. Uh, I saw even during your, your, your demo during your showcase, uh, the player was kind of skipping over some of the purple coins, and I was kind of yelling at the TV being like, don't miss those. Yeah. Like, don't, <laughs> you got to get everything before you keep going. Yeah. Yep. 
when I first played it, the, the impression I had was that it was like the garden from Mario 64. Like you enter this area, you see the trees, you see the castle, but you don't exactly know what to do with all that. Mm -hmm. So you start exploring. Yeah. And what you guys have built now, you, you gave us a city. So I don't know what a lamp post does or yeah. the top of a lamp or a manhole cover or any or a cab or exactly. any of these things so it's really cool to get that playground and discover all that again or, yeah. or this new kind of stone cougar that Mario rides it's yeah, what like is that? he's got a mount now like oh, yeah, there's a little something like that in the trailer what? wasn't there <laughs> I mean, this it feels like a, a sort of historical and universal mixtape of things from all over the world thrown in there. Like, anything Mario can throw his hat at, uh, he, he will be able to possess. Now, some things that you throw your hat at, you actually don't become. Yeah. There's a there's a rule system here there somewhere is. in all of this insanity. Yeah, so yeah, like I mentioned, people who wear hats, they, you can't possess them because they can't wear two hats. That would be silly. Except right? the guy in the hat shop has like eight hats. Well, but he's special. Right? <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, feeling, I'm finding holes in this. Brian, try to keep up with these hat rules, man. <laughs> I don't get a lot of opportunities to sit down with Bill and ask him completely insane questions. Like, why is Pauline the mayor of New Donk City? Exactly. Why wouldn't she be? You're right. You're right. That's the answer. Well, and of course, in E3, you know, she's the mayor, but she needs to throw the Festival, so you've got to find the musicians and to bring the musicians and and you know so she's she's the mayor, but she does more than just being the mayor. She's got I saw I on. saw one of her town halls. It's a bunch of people hanging out and they're all dancing. Yeah. And if you leave Mario idle, he starts dancing himself too, which I thought was a cool little Easter egg. Do we get a lot of sort of like contextual moments like that from Mario in this game? Oh yeah, I mean it's there and like I said, it, you know you'll see. He's got different outfits, and you'll kind of see some things with that, and he's got, obviously, different things that he'll interact with in terms of what's going on in the different kingdoms and the different characters, and sometimes you'll even, you know, if you were exploring the Sand Kingdom in the E3 version, uh, you would actually, there's a spot where if you go running off into the desert away from the town, um, there's like a taxi cab buried in the sand, and there's a one of the guys from New Donk City standing there, and so you've got to figure out what happened and how do you help them hmm. out, and it's just packed full of really interesting crazy things uh, and we did get to see this <laughs> the best way. this possession of electricity here yep. to travel across power wires yeah. um, it's like that movie remember that horror movie with the dude is oh, there you electricity. Go. Here's one of the rockets. Shocker. I mean, I remember this from Looney Tunes. I don't know about the horror movie. Uh, will Mario be able to possess other sort of elements? Like the physical. Yeah, metaphysical <laughs> properties. Can he become like fire? Can he become water? They don't uh, have hats. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you, you, the hat might catch on fire. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so many questions. Yeah. Uh, when is Mario Odyssey out? Uh, October, I believe, 27th, I think, is right. And this is pretty much the this is the big first party game for Fall on Switch. Yeah. I think it's the one everybody's looking forward to. Yep. Uh, in a year where we got Breath of the Wild and we're getting Splatoon and Arms and Mario Kart mm -hmm. and now Mario Odyssey, uh, this is a tremendous first party year for for Nintendo for the Switch. It is, and there's I mean you you forget in there obviously we've got you know Mario Kart was last month. We've got Arms actually this on Friday of this week, um, oh. right? Splatoon 2 is next Oops. month. Mm -hmm. uh, August is uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, um, which is, you know, they're kind of described as like XCOM yeah. with Mario and the Rabbids. Yeah. 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 Why, why are we, we not talking about Metroid? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. we'll so for there. the last we'll like there. 19 we gotta, years, I've sat I, here going, 
Metroid. You're going to have to wait a little while longer because we have to let Bill go. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for coming. Um, and, you know, just really entertaining all of the stupid things I got to ask you today. Well, and, and these guys who ask much yeah. smarter questions. I will I will humor Pear just a little bit. Uh, obviously, we've got Metroid Samus Returns coming on Nintendo 3DS in September. Um, it is... It's great. It's um, legit. It is. It's I mean, legit. You've got, it's got new abilities. It's got new um, uh, kind of Aeon and things like that that it's using. And uh, but it's it's what you want. And who's making Prime? Have you forgot to mention? Wait, yeah. Okay. Prime. All right, pair. Oh, I right. think I hear the music. That's oh, the music. Uh, we oh. will be talking about Metroid uh, in just a moment. Bill, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, stick around. Nintendo Voice Chat continues right after this short break. to IGN Live at E3 and a special edition of Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, before you rip me apart in the comments, Bill had to go. I know we could have sat there for the rest of our lives yeah. and asked him all these questions about Metroid. He uh, wouldn't have answered. Yeah. Would have never so, answered. Well, well, this comes back to what we're very good at here at IGN. Um, wild, rampant speculation. So let's talk about <laughs> Metroid. Now, we got two new Metroid announcements uh, here at E3. Two more than I think any of us have expected in the last decade or so. Uh, outside of Federation Force and other M, yeah. which has been, you know, now far in the distance. Yep. Those games have those fans. I'm not <clears> going to say anything about that. Uh, but let's talk about those games. Let's talk about Metroid Samus Returns, which is the one that we got the most information about. Yeah. It's 3DS. Yeah, 3DS, which I think immediately a couple people were a little bit surprised about. Like, yeah. why not switch? The answer to that is because there's millions of 3DSs out there. And also, we've been asking for a dual-screen Metroid game for like 15 years now. Yeah, at least to return to the, the age of 2D Metroid yeah. games, right? We had, obviously, with Zero Mission, we had such a such a great 3DS, uh, game, yeah. a great 2D Metroid game. And it, it was just that kind of confounding that it disappeared from handheld systems for so long. And then, then announced this as Samus Returns, and the immediate impression is, oh, this is a remake of the Game Boy game, right? Yes. Uh, probably would you say one of the weaker Metroids, right? Well, I think I was I was so buzzing from confusion and excitement yeah. that I didn't even it, put that together at that moment. It took hard, me a minute. Yeah. Hardware back then just was not but, powerful enough yeah. for what they were trying to do on Game Boy, right? That's like, the, yeah. Then you see the footage and you realize, wait, yeah, that's I don't what remember I any of these moves in no. the original game. Yep. Certainly the way the game looks is very different, right? It's uh, made by a capable 2D, kind of polygonal 2D developer. Yeah. Um, Mercury's but, team. Yeah, Mercury's team, but it has all these, um, has all these powers. You see her there um, using this swipe move to attack uh, yeah. an enemy and, and defend against an attack. So this is not a, a pixel per pixel remake or just a, a, a graphical upgrade. Yeah, I, yeah, and if you want proof, I mean, if you own a 3DS and you're excited for this game, which I assume you are, uh, hop on the eShop and yep. download the original uh, virtual console version of this of the original version of this game. It's a couple bucks. It's all in green and black and white. She's very big <laughs> She's, on the screen. It, right? it was kind of most known for the time for, it was one of the largest sprites. Uh, very animated, very cool. And I think it really harkened back to what Samus as a bounty hunter meant, because the mm. crux of this game was Samus was sort of dropped into this world and had to hunt down every single one of these Metroids. And there was a counter, and you basically had to get that counter to zero and defeat them all. So uh, we had them on IGN Live this week. They did a demo for us and, and showed
showed us, Nintendo showed us what this game can do. Um, obviously, lots of new stuff. But I wanted to ask you, Fran, because you're a huge, huge Prime fan. Yeah. Always have been. Did you notice a lot of the sort of musical cues and uh, UI and sort of like Prime flair in this game? I was picking up on some of it. I definitely picked up on the flair. I will say it was a little loud in our war room press room here as we have it set up. Uh, but I definitely saw it once, you know, they started playing the game. And yeah. when they started doing some of those 3D swipe-ins, you can see for sure the inspiration from Prime. And, you know, as you talk about it being 2D or 3D, it is interesting because it's not just 2D. Yeah, it's we saw got, it right there, right? Like that dynamic camera pop-in. Mm. Yeah, it is 2D, but meaning it has this very 3D vibe. But the biggest thing that has stood out for me in this is it's just high action. Yeah. Like, more than ever. I mean, the bullets seem faster. Yep. There's way more particles. Um, like, look at that. That gun just has so much going on. It's I've just seen quick. so many different guns. Yeah, it's just, it's quick for a Metroid game. And it's like, I mentioned Other M before, uh, you know, that game had first-person stuff, third-person stuff, 2D stuff almost, um, but what it did really have was those sort of, like, pop-in dynamic camera shifts, mm. huge quick moves. I mean, it, it was a sort of Ninja Samus, yeah. and we're seeing that really quick play here, <clears throat> which I think is a great a great addition for the series. It's been so long since we've seen I mean, Samus in 2D again. Yeah, not seeing the same gimmick, right? I thought the other M controls were gimmicky. I did not like controlling a 3D model of, of Samus with a D-pad in this 3D world, it kind of felt too digital for that world, especially when you're like moving into the distance. Mm-hmm. And so they did that because they wanted you to play it sideways and then point at the screen and this right. kind of zoom in, to me, became very gimmicky. Yeah. Like in the end, it worked, but it wasn't that awesome. I'm not seeing that here. This nope. seems like vintage awesome 2D Metroid. I mean, Super Metroid, one of my all-time favorite games uh, of all time. It um, is my all-time favorite. What, that's what it looks it's like. It's your favorite game of all Super time? Super Metroid is my favorite oh, game Oh, well, that's time. awesome because so yeah. I was going to ask you uh, ask you then, like, does this feel like a spiritual successor? I think some people were a little upset that we didn't get pixel art for this game. But oh, no, uh, yeah. I, I, it, I got over it really quick. Really, I didn't hear that conversation. Um, yeah, as the game was being shown and announced, I went from like skepticism, it's another 2D, you know, Metroid, and I I do like them, but I just felt like I don't know. That was something missing. I would say. Yeah. So I was like, well, here comes another, and then uh, it's another developer, I guess. And but as it sort of opened up very quickly, I was like, whoa, whoa, like this looks great. Like, and I really gained confidence fast. I think looking you, through it. I think you were justifiably uh, sort of hesitant watching the initial footage mm-hmm. once the shock wore off. Saying, wait a minute, is this like a 2.5D game? Is this one of those games with like yeah. multiple planes? You know, why is it on 3D? Yeah, they try to reinvent things. Like you yeah. worry about that. And then I saw they're not reinventing. They're like, it looked like shot of adrenaline yes. to it, quite honestly. Yes. She's uppercutting things, yep. getting in fights with them. I think it looks great. Um, it wasn't playable on the show floor, is that right? It- uh, it is not for France. It's kind of behind It's not for France. If you look at the moves and everything, it feels like. Uh, I apologize for my voice. It's, it's really going. As but you like, should. The, um, You've been <laughs> screaming about Metroid. What can oh, we do? God. Yeah, I was so excited. But it's like this greatest hits of all her moves. I mean, you see her pulling herself up to the uh, to the ledge when she's jumping. She can shoot into all directions. Like it looks really smooth. Mm-hmm. But you also get some of the stuff that you only really saw in. Well, I guess you saw it in the Game Boy and then Metroid Prime, where the morph ball has many more actions than it did in Super Metroid. Right. You, know, like you can stick to a wall and yeah. go up and all these things. Um, 
I'm 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 really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I was gonna say power ups, and I'm glad you brought that up. What I saw, they basically had the magnetic, um, you know, morph ball, which we saw in Metroid yeah. Prime. I, immediately when you, I was thinking about that question. Yeah, that's inspiration from yeah. Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just looking through it, they showed quite a few power ups. Mm-hmm. Again, that gave me a lot to be excited about. It almost looks like this could be a Metroid game where you have more power ups than ever. And you know, when you talked about, um, you know, the original Metroid 2 being about seeking out and getting all these things, that is true. But Metroid has really always been about the adventure of powering up and yeah. getting to that next place. Yeah. I know you know that, but like that for me especially is like what is most enjoyable. I totally yeah, agree. They, they were showing all these things about unlocking new areas. And um, we, we saw amazing. this now in Prime. One of the major hooks um, was scanning, right? And yeah. It was sort the of story. Story as told through environmental scanning. And uh, in Super Metroid, you had that kind of scan visor thing that opened up that purple cone that would show you sort of secrets and areas and stuff like that. Here we saw there was kind of this like scan pulse thing yeah. that would show like a weakness yep. in a wall. And yeah. I think it's optional. So players want to do the classic Metroid thing of just shoot everything constantly until something blows up and you can crawl through it. Feel free to do that. But if, you, uh, if you're if you getting tired of that, you can just shoot a scan yeah. out there and make it work. Very Super Metroid in that respect, right? Yeah. You didn't have to use the scan visor, but like when you first discovered what it did and that there were like all these hidden walls, you're like, this is cool. Yeah. I'm going to just use this and see what the world is really like when I when I have this visor on. I, so. want, I wanted to talk a bit about Samus's character design in yeah, this game. I was going to ask it, because it's super cool, and I like I'm a big fan of the Prime series. She's incredibly bulky in those games. You know, yeah. she's got those huge football shoulder pads. This is that kind of like lean, sort of quick moving Samus, uh, based on a lot of the concept art behind the original game, the box art cover, what we saw with Zero Mission specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes, she'll um, get powered up. I mean, right now you're seeing her yeah. without the yeah. without the power, so she gets the big bulky shoulders, but she looks very like tall and you yeah. know, skinny. And in, got the in, cool in these shots here. I mean, this is her most basic suit right there. And I really like the fact this feels like something they would have done during Metroid's anniversary, yeah. right? Yeah. Which they kind of just moved uh, past. I guess they weren't they weren't ready yet. I'm no. glad they are now. But we're also getting uh, we're getting amiibo to go with this game, which we saw that were really cool looking. A Metroid. The Metroid. Itself. It's squishy. Yeah. A squishy Metroid. Yeah. yeah. Everyone just wants to touch that thing, which is it's very very funny because yeah. it's a deadly deadly creature. Yeah. Um, and they're really celebrating the the it's, art. It's not real. It's it's, it's real to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really celebrating this sort of character model behind Samus in this, and the the original box art. The uh, for the Game Boy version, we're now seeing you know for promotional stuff for this game and they're making amiibo out of that post they like very like on the knees arm yeah. up in the air like it's super cool I, I'm, I'm still buzzing that this is actually it's, happening and they, they revealed it um, after their spotlight it was kind of an odd reveal where we knew something was coming because yeah. they're like oh watch Treehouse we're like okay what is it going to be like a new po- Pokemon game we had already been buzzing from the other reveal which I guess we'll talk about but um and you watch and suddenly they show this game. I know. You know, I, I felt like, I mean, that that would have been an awesome moment in the in the spotlight, but they felt that they should focus on the Switch and move the 3DS stuff out, which, you know, was kind of a, an interesting decision to me because this is big news. I don't support the decision, but... Yeah, I, no, I, I don't agree. get why they run spotlight like that. Like, I get, no. let's just do Switch, it's, but um, they would live so well next to each other. Like, that, what oh I God. probably would have done is you unveil this and you get this awesome trailer. Uh-huh. You think that's all you get for Metroid, but... Yeah. No, and then you get the Metroid Prime 4 logo. People would have yeah. lost it. 
you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We did lose it here, but still, like, yeah. together as one, you'd be like, wow, Metroid's really back. We I lost mean, it. We feel the way now, but. We lost it slowly over the course of an hour rather than just, like, in this. I yeah. think Paris' voice would just be completely gone. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, but so, it looks awesome, man. Uh, I can't, just can't believe how far along it is. Oh, yeah. that's. I think that's the most special thing about it is that this is, like, I, I, I was like, okay, that's a, that's a trailer. They ran it. It's fine. They brought it on our show. Somebody was demoing it within feet from me. I couldn't actually get out of my chair and go play it myself. Yeah. But I believe that they were doing it. Uh, you know, they dropped into some poisonous venom area yes. and died in front of us. And it was like, okay, that's what death looks like. I wanted to talk quickly about the 2D Metroid series specifically because it's it's a weird one. We had the original Metroid, obviously, for the NES. We had the second one for Game Boy, which is now this is a remake of. We had Super Metroid. And from there, we didn't hear anything for a little while. And we got two on Game Boy. Yep. One was Fusion, which is original. Yeah. And then one was Zero Mission, yep. which is a remake of the NES version. Yeah. Then we didn't get a, two, a 2D uh, Metro game until now, which is a remake Just. of the Game Boy version. So, like, a statistical percentage of these <laughs> games have been remakes of themselves, but they're so, they feel so different and so evolved from the originals that I don't think anyone's really worried about it, right? No. Like, you look at uh, Zero Mission versus the NES version, it's night and day. You look at this game versus the original and it's you know not not even night and day it feels like watching a it's a black and white movie versus something that came out in 2017 yeah and i think that's what it takes for nintendo to outsource a game to a developer that it hasn't worked with that much right they want to make sure that uh, the developer can nail the feel of the franchise and so i think it's an easy starting point to say okay why don't you tackle remaking a game like start with a majora's mask or an ocarina of time right and in this case start with a game boy game and i bet the the moment they started, they said, it's dated. We have to add all these different things to it. And, you know, from the footage, it looks like just a ton of new stuff learned from Prime, learned from Super yep. Metroid, all these games that followed. And it's cool to see a map. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have a map on uh-huh. the Game Boy because yeah. we only had one screen. There wasn't a lot going on. Um, so any final thoughts on this game besides just sheer excitement? I, I can't well, wait for it. Well, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm just amazed that there are two Metroid games coming. Yeah. We know a lot about this game already. We don't know anything about the other one. There was an era where we had logo. Prime games and Game Boy Advance Metroid games happening in synchronicity, and I never thought we'd have that again. We, and yeah. we have it. Yeah. How do you we, feel about all this? Just that Metroid's back? I mean, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm beside myself, actually, but without seeing Metroid Prime yet, mm. uh, it still doesn't feel, you know... Or knowing the developer, right? Or knowing the developer. Yeah. So it's, it's early to say, because that's very precious to me. That's right. Is, that's you know, also one of my favorite all-time series. And so without it answered, but I mean, come on, it's coming. I actually, going into E3, I thought there's just no chance anymore. Like, yep. I've given up. Yeah, I mean, we, <laughs> so, we should I'm mention, stoked. you know, Retro is not working on this. They're, they're possibly working on something else. The key figures from the Metroid Prime series Series and Metroid series mm-hmm. uh, are are you know uh, helping out with this with this project, but outside of a number four and the, the Metroid Prime logo, the squishy Metroid. music, the yeah. squishy squishy yeah, music yeah. is yes. that. Uh, that's all we really know. So all we can do is sort of just like you know, well, just think it'll about have it. the Prime music. It I, yeah. I know that. Much. We know that <laughs> it won't stop us from speculating about the developer for many NVCs to come. Yes, and we uh, have a lot of stuff to talk about. We do, and we have many many NVCs to come uh, all year right here on IGN. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, make sure uh, you rate us, subscribe, tell your friends. We are uh, the best. Nintendo podcast in the world. That's the title I'm giving us right now. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the review, Brian. Uh, <laughs> that's the first. That's the first review right there. Uh, Pear, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so thank much. You for having me. Um, and Bill, thank you so much. 
Uh, remember, this is not the only show we do here at IGN. We've got plenty more, and we've got tons more E3 coverage right here all week long. So don't go away and keep watching E3 right here on IGN. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.